0: Good morning. It's April 22nd. Welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. This morning's topic is shut-ins. And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two of all flesh in which is the breath of life. So those that entered, male and female of all flesh, Went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. Genesis 15 through 17. When I was in high school some 40 years ago, my father used to volunteer for Meals on Wheels in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On one occasion, I got to accompany him as we delivered meals to shut ins. I don't remember exactly, but I bet as a 16-year-old in the 70s, got to is probably an inaccurate phrase. Strongly encouraged to was probably closer to the truth. In general, these were older people who could no longer make the trip to the grocery, even accompanied by someone else. But sometimes they were chronically disabled, mentally or physically, wheelchair or bed-bound, or sometimes just too poor to afford to feed themselves. In any event, their situation was not considered enviable, just the term shut in implied darkness, and perhaps even confinement against one's will. Meals on wheels provided a much needed service, no doubt. I remember two things from that afternoon the smell of old people's homes, and the broad smiles, many of them essentially toothless, when they realized who we were upon opening the door or peering out the window to a rickety porch. In April of 2020, we've become a world of shut ins. The pandemic certainly feels dark and we're definitely confined against our will across the entire planet. The members of the younger generation, especially in the West, who have never truly known privation, who have never experienced a world war or polio or smallpox, voice their discontent from time to time at being cooped up inside. I've heard complaints of how unfair it is. Many of these young people are shut in to their comfortable home with central air conditioning and heat running water, refrigeration, Wi-Fi access, and big-screen TVs. It's not exactly a prison sentence, as those who have ever seen the inside of a real prison could tell you. Yes, it's an uncomfortable adjustment, but it's transient, and it really isn't the end of the world. Noah was confined to the ark with only his family and the animals. The rains fell for 40 days, flooding the earth and killing every living thing. But he and his family's movements were limited to the odiferous confines of a constantly rolling, pitching, dank, and dark habitation for between 364 and 377 days, depending on how you calculate the length of a year. But remember, there was a reason they were confined. God, quote, shut them in, unquote, in order to preserve them. They were confined for their own safety. God being well aware of what would happen in a worldwide flood were they not in the ark. In their isolation and detention, however, they were not alone, for God was with them. When they exited the ark, Noah immediately built an altar and sacrificed to God. God made a covenant with Noah that he would never again destroy the earth by flood. He blessed Noah and his sons and reiterated their descendants' dominion over every living thing. God is indeed sovereign. When we find ourselves in a circumstance like the one brought about by this pandemic, remember that God uses evil for good. He has a long history of this throughout the Bible. As we hopefully approach the end of this particular episode in man's history, there can be no question that isolation and confinement have not only saved the majority of the world's population, they have awakened them to the blessings they may have forgotten or ignored. We may have viewed social distancing and restriction to our own homes as terribly onerous at first. But gradually, we have been reawakened to the joys of family, of taking a breath and slowing down, of enjoying what nature has to offer us right in our own backyards, of the camaraderie that comes from making a united effort as a community, a nation, and even a world. God is making good from evil, and in the process, he is refocusing mankind on the fragility of its society and infrastructure. It would be a blind man indeed who failed to see both our strength in moving together as humankind and our phenomenal weakness on a universal scale. Both should point us toward a loving God. The wars, the political hatred and vitriol, the petty arguments among nation-states virtually ground to a halt, even if only for a moment. People of different nations, cultures, ethnicity, races, religions are reaching out across the oceans to share their expertise their experiences, and their supplies. Perhaps the world has matured enough to recognize the blessing they have been given in the guise of a pandemic. Maybe more leaders will concentrate on keeping the main thing, the main thing. After all, that's all Jesus asks us to do, love him and love each other. Dear Heavenly Father, how clearly you love us. How clearly we need to see our dependence on you for every aspect of our lives which in and of themselves are gifts of inestimable value. Help us to understand what you would have us do when faced with a glimpse of the apocalypse. Love each other, and in so doing, demonstrate our love for our Creator. Thank you, Lord, even for a pandemic where we grieve the loss of so many, but we rejoice in the knowledge that you are our rock and our fortress, a very present help in trouble. Holy Spirit, lead us to all truth lead us to the realization that what we see just a glimpse of for a moment in the middle of this catastrophic event, people loving and enjoying each other and the planet, is what you intended for us all along. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.